Forrester. Down the line to right. It's gone! Garrett Forrester walks it off for Oregon State! What happened? He just like benched like five of the starters. Four of them were all Americans. Big hit pop. Did he just do it? Yes, he did. This is loaded in the NCAA tournament. And he sends a drive to deep right. Elko, Grand Slam. Beer showers about. McGarry's 2-2 pitch to Lanzilli. Strike three called, and Virginia has completed a no-hitter tonight. Pushes a bunt to third. James to first. Hayes out. What a way to end it. And what a way to end a drought. Mississippi State, the national champions, destroying Vanderbilt 9-0. What's up, college baseball fans, and welcome to the Super Regional recap episode of the 11.7 podcast, joined here by no other than the, the media man himself, the media maniac, just clipping things on Twitter all weekend for your user pleasure, and uh, it goes by the name Dimitri. Uh, Dimitri, let's, let's go ahead and just break the ice here. You were originally supposed to leave for Italy tomorrow. But you're having a little bit of passport trouble. I guess in today's economy, it's hard to get a passport. And uh, you're not no, going to go play I baseball need... in Italy anymore. Not until next Friday. I need. To, I just found out that I need to renew my passport. It's expired. So if any listeners out there have any connections or any plugs or anything with the passport agency or whatever, please, please DM me. Like, it would mean, like, I... I can't get my passport renewed. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I <laughs> I tried to pay a thousand dollars to get it expedited, and it's, it's it's a ten day turnaround, and it's ridiculous. Like, you're telling me I can't pay a thousand, I can't buy myself a passport a grand, and get it within you know seventy two hours, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. So. Um, so you have you have a couple around. options here. Either you can go to like the dark internet, like the dark web, and just get a fake one and take your chances. Or um, yeah, you can wait that. it out like a normal, like civilized person, and uh, you know, you should, this is actually on you. Like, how long have you known that you were going to Italy to play baseball? And now, what, like a week before you found out your passport was expired? I thought my I, the whole time I thought my passport expired in 2023. So <laughs> when I went to go do my my booking, like whatever last week when they sent me my flight info i went to go you know look at it and put my passport in and it was like expired i was like oh my god you should you know what you should have done and this is hilarious you should have asked for a covid year just like an ncaa baseball or like college sports in general like hey that year i know it says uh expires in 2022 but 2020 didn't count i get another year of eligibility push it out to 2023 yeah yeah they look at me they would look at me and laugh like they did in cool runnings (laughs) <laughs> you know that laughing scene? Yeah, they, they yeah. would all just sit there and laugh at me. Um, yeah. But anyways, man, we, we got a ton to talk about here. Yep. Um, we're going no notes. We're going blind to the notes. We're just straight off the dome. Uh, there's only two things that I wrote about here. Um, and I, I guess we'll just start the show with that. Um, first show or first note we have, it's, uh, it's kind of unfortunate. Well, let me ask you, actually. Do you want to start with good news or bad news? Let's go bad news first. Bad news first. Mike Martin Jr. fired from Florida State. No longer the head coach of Florida State. Uh, after following in his dad's footsteps, the Mike the Martin era is over now at Florida State. And 
I think it's very clear who they're going to hire next, but I'll let wait, you, wait, I'll let wait, you wait, weigh wait, in wait, on wait, it Wait, 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 wait. How many years have oh, did that era last? 40 plus, maybe? I think it was, what was it, 41 and, and four years? So 45 years would be my guess. Now, that could be way off. I don't know. Wait, no. In head, uh, Martin Sr. and Jr. combined, how many, how yeah, many years? 45 years between, is my guess. 45, 45 years? years. I have no clue. None. It could be 30 years. I don't know. I just felt like Mike Martin was there for at least 41 years. So 41, 42, 40, this was year 43. Wow. That they've had a, a Martin in charge of the baseball program. 43 years. And they've made the regionals, I think, in all 40 40- they have 44. I think their streak is at 44 now. Yikes, man. Wait, so, wait, what is it? 44? Miami holds the record, but I think Florida State just tied it. Let me see. What is, what is it? Uh, yeah, 44 straight. So every year that there's been a Mike, a Mike Martin, whether it's senior or junior, there's been a regional appearance. And this this one like was was surprising to me. I didn't think he was on the hot seat. I know they've had like a couple underachieving years with the talent they have, but uh, he didn't seem like someone that was just ready to get fired. Maybe you, you know what I think it was. I think they senior had so much control over the program that he basically was putting his son in waiting to be a head coach and waiting. So when he did retire. The university basically had no choice yeah. because he made the decision himself that his son was going to become the head coach. And then the university, after you know two, three years, they didn't like the direction, whatever. It was time to make a change. Now, so, hey, how I know we're we're a big podcast now, and I know we have a large following, so I don't want to like report anything. This is one hundred percent made up. This is tinfoil cap conspiracy Ben Upton <laughs> thinking right here. But hey, let's let's think about this. What if? You know who was rumored to go to Florida State as a player? The best yep. freshman in the country, Tommy White. Yep. He somehow out of nowhere enters the transfer portal and everybody's coming out and saying, yeah, he's going to Florida State. Yeah, he's going to Florida State. What if the university said, like, found some sort of uh, illegal tampering or illegal discussions with Tommy White uh, and they did not want to have any connection to an NCAA violation so they just cut ties with him immediately and said, nope, we're not doing this. What if that was what happened, Dimitri? What if what if he messed up and the university found out and avoiding all NCAA violations just said, you're out. Sorry, we're not dealing with this. Hey, that's not – I don't think that is that outrageous of a conspiracy theory. And like again, it's actually, completely made up. Shit, I, shit, that can actually maybe hold some weight. But you just you I think I think the what the way out of that situation is you just stop recruiting him because it's not a violation if he does end up choosing that school. Uh, I don't know if that's true. If, if for example, like there was text and, 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 messages and, or emails or phone calls, but, but I'm were... saying, but I'm saying in terms of nobody's going to report it and nobody's going to go after it if Tommy White doesn't go. But if Tommy White were to go to Florida State, 
there would be pissed off people trying to stab them and they yeah. would dig it up. But that's what I'm saying. You, you saw what happened. Let's let's relate this to college football. Uh, Nick Saban and um, uh, oh my God, what's AM's coach's name? I just forgot. I almost said Jim Schloss. Schloss? Uh, no, no, football, football. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher. Fisher. Um, you saw what happened when, when they were kind of saying, like, hey, we know about the illegal stuff. You do, blah, blah, blah. What if uh, NC State, you know, Coach Avant at NC State found out that there was some illegal stuff going on? Or anybody in the NC or in NC State baseball program, like how is our freshman phenom just having the best season in a freshman history and just leaving our program? What's going on? And they did their own, like they were pissed off. They did their own research, and they're like, "Hey, Florida State, they might be cheating here. Let's investigate this." And Florida State goes, "Nope, we're not going to investigate anything. We're getting rid of Mike Martin Jr." Who knows? Who knows? Dude, Who knows? I I think the, I think the that's talk- very very <laughs> unlikely. But I like very to have unlikely, these little, very I have, unlikely. I like to have these conspiracy theories. I um, think. Okay, let me ask you this because I know everybody's waiting for us to break down the regionals and how shitty my regional picks were because they were horrendous. We'll get there. I will own up to my awful pick. But before we get there, if if you had to put a percentage number, what are the odds that Link Jarrett? I'm not saying goes for. I'm just saying what are the odds. He leaves Notre Dame. Well, that brings up a good that brings up a really good point. I've seen things that the reason why Florida State decided to fire Mike Martin the Friday before Super Regionals is because they expected by Saturday Link Jarrett, Link Jarrett to be eliminated from the Super Regionals from Tennessee, which they were huge underdogs, and they were going to swoop up and interview him and hire him real quick, uh, and basically say, "Hey, Link, this job we made open for you. Here's a blank check. Come coach our baseball team." Uh, he's got to be the leading ca- candidate. You wait. You really think they fired Martin because of the, to get Link? Why would you not, dude? Link Jarrett is an absolute. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, why not fire Martin after Link is eliminated? Why assume? Um. Why not? Tying, I, I don't why know. There, there are some things with so. When when Mercer, you know Coach Shade from Mercer, I, I hate to drop his name, but when he ended up getting released or like not renewed from his contract, there was a specific date in his contract. It was Without. like early June that it was like basically not renewed. Um, you could say, I guess, fired, but not really, just more of not renewed. Um, so that might have been the case. Like I know in early June, there's usually contract extensions or contract uh, non-renewals. Maybe, maybe the maybe hit three-year deal with up or right. Yeah, that's probably what happened, but I don't know the details of what his contract was. Anyway, that's a good point. Um, but I think I think when you're talking about before we get into this, I like this kind of coaching stuff. Link Jarrett, Scott Jackson, Eric Backich, eh, you could throw Justin Hare in there if you want to, are all rumored to be for the Clemson job. I think right. you put those same that same list of four coaches for the Florida State job as well. I don't think Hare will be a Florida State candidate just because of his ground, the recruiting ground, his ties, his experience and, and, in the Carolinas. And, Hare, and for the listeners, Hare is the Campbell Camels coach. Yeah, he's 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 a Carolina person. Yeah, and Scott Jackson's a Liberty coach. There's there might be listeners that don't know. Oh um, oh, oh yeah, Scott Jackson from Liberty. Mm-hmm. Eric Backage from Michigan. Obviously, Link Jerry from Notre Dame, Justin Hare from Campbell, and dude, I mean, you could even throw in there in there Cliff Godwin for the Clemson job. 
Cliff Godwin is a candidate. Um, if I'm Cliff, I'm I'm one thousand percent taking that Clemson job. I think that Clemson job is a better job than that Florida State job. Clemson's got the money. Florida State broke, by the way. If there's Florida State listeners out there, they can get mad at me all they want. They know it's true. Florida State did not have a lot of money. When it comes to dropping $2 million a year on a baseball coach, Florida State doesn't have that kind of money. Yeah. Um, um, Clemson's got they money. shown it. But mm. – Hey, uh, the, so this was the point I was going to make about the uh, the Florida State job. Uh, but wait, before you get there, you made a face at me when I said that Cliff Godwin should take the Clemson job. Why did you make that face? Be, oh, because he <laughs> – um, I, 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 if you would have said it before the Super Regionals this year, I would have said yes, 100%. The way that his emotions were tied into that team and tied into that community and, that, and the, the fan base, just the program in general that he's that he's taken over for – I do. I think he's there for life. I, I think it would have to be a a once in a lifetime job, whether it's like Mississippi State or LSU. Uh, I, it would it would have to take too mu- like so much for him to leave that program. He was legitimately like sad, and like you could see it on his face. He was frowning. Um, he dude, he just looked so emotionally tied into that team, and I don't think he would leave. I, I think I agree with you. But when it comes, Ben, Cliff Godwin makes about I think four hundred thousand a year, three seventy five, four hundred k, like maybe four twenty five, depending on what year of his contract it is, because it increases I think by yeah. year. But if Clemson rolled up Cliff Godwin and offered him one point two five million a year, I, yeah, I don't he, think he, yeah, I don't think be, it matters how much he loves that East Carolina program. You're 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 out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he'd be an idiot not to take it. You know, um, you know what I mean. That's financial yeah. security. That's setting up your kids for, for. You're setting up your kid pretty damn well. You get to live a, a freaking sweet life at a power five school. You don't have to worry about setting up your schedule, setting up thing, all these things to host regionals every year, to host super. You all just that's win done ball, for you. you just win ball game, and you're hosting a regional at Clemson. Yep. So, so if, if and you take more money, if you get you can recruit better, you can you have more money to hire a great staff. Cliff Godwin would be crazy not to take that job. No, but, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I think it would be very difficult for him. It would be hard as shit for him to you know have to make that announcement to a team, to that program, that city, yada yada yada. You know, like that's like breaking up with your first love or something, right? Like you know yeah. what I mean. Now, hey, I'll bring this point up that I don't think we've ever talked about on the podcast, but I think it holds a lot of truth. Coaches are leaving now a lot more frequently because of the transfer portal. And, you know, the the guys that they really care about and the guys that are super talented that they recruited, they they typically come to the program that they're going to um, or or they just get released to go anywhere else. I think coaches had a harder time, uh, you know, a decade ago, five, six years ago, leaving their schools because you know those are the kids they recruited those are the kids that they brought in and developed uh i think they were more emotionally tied but now that there's a transfer portal and everybody gets one free transfer um i think coaches are, are looking at it as like okay, feel guilty yeah i get to leave and they get to leave if if, they, if that's what they want so um that, that's something else to keep a uh, an eye out for the rest of the year i mean i i think that there's some truth to that because we've seen a lot more coaching movement over the last four years or three years yeah. than than we have. I, I think, man, 
I don't who I don't know who I would pick between I Godwin, Backich, and Eric ja- Scott Jackson. I don't I'm, know. I'm a I'm a Backich guy, but I love Godwin. But I think Backich, if you want to win a national championship, that's your dude. And uh, if I'm Michigan, I'm giving him a blank check. The biggest blank check, like physically size, like six foot by four foot blank check and saying, hey, man, just fill in as many numbers and commas that you want. This is I'm all calling, you I'm calling Jordan and saying, hey, man, mm-hmm. we need you here. Because it takes, a, it takes a certain kind of guy in the north to run and build a, a successful program because you have so many limitations as far as same um, link. Jerry did the same thing kind yeah. of too. No, for sure. Um, I mean, you have limitations as far as like, you know, field work, like actual go on the field and play because of the weather. Um, you know, you don't have these giant fan bases and, and alumni support. Uh, you, you have to go through the hoops um, kind of embarrassingly for a power five school with that makes that much money in athletic department it's more of like you're playing chess. Meanwhile, in like the SEC, you're just playing checkers. It's very simple. Hey, do we want this kid or not? Okay, let's let's get him. Uh, are we going to practice stay on the field? Yep. Okay, let's go. Um, there, there's a lot more. Yeah. So I look at guys like like uh, like Eric Backich and have a ton of respect. Uh, and I imagine he's going to end up getting the Clemson job because he was assistant coach there for a while. Um, and then I expect uh, Link Jarrett, if Notre Dame doesn't win a national championship. I think he goes to Florida State. You think if he does win a national championship, he'll stay? Oh my God, Notre Dame will make sure he stays. They they will have to like he would he might get a check for five million dollars a year. Notre Dame because Notre Dame doesn't win national championships very often. In fact, I don't know when the last time Notre Dame's won a national championship in any sport. Uh, if they won one in baseball, their alumni is so strong and their funding is so strong that he might get five million a year. He might be twice as high as the next highest paid coach. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't be surprised. But um, yeah, that's just a little uh, head coaching. Um, yeah, talk a little coaching here. tree, a little coaching domino for uh, what's let's, going on. Let's uh, get super here. Yeah, let's get super. And hey, I want to lead off with this. Um, we have a new home run king in the BB Core era, and his name is Ivan Melendez. He's he's hit his thirty second home run in that East Carolina regional, which breaks Chris Bryant's um, BB core record of 31. And guess what? Melinda's has at least two more games, at least two more games to add on to this record. I mean, he's hands down golden spikes winner. He's hitting 432 homers, ton of RBIs on a really good team. Uh, This is, this goes up as like one of the most successful hitting seasons we've seen, at least since we've started the podcast, Uh, actually, no doubt since we started the podcast. Uh, I mean, you put his numbers up against like Spencer, Spencer Torkelson, who went one overall, you put his numbers up against anybody. Uh, and, and he is just having this phenomenal season where there hasn't been any like slumps, you know, and it, I mean, it's cool. It's cool because he was under recruited out of high school. He had to go to junior college. He went to Odessa junior college, middle of is nowhere. He from, Texas. Where is he from? El, pa- El Paso. I think El Paso. So he's, he's got like a I, big Mexican following from that city because i think i saw an article where the whole city of el paso was like rooting for ivan melendez because he was a small kid not small like physically but like a small name kid um and now he's the face of texas baseball so it's a pretty like pretty pretty sweet yeah he's about yeah he is from el paso um, and he's like he's a mexican he i think he's mexican like all the way um so he's got like a pretty big following because when at texas is the fa- like i mean 
whether you like them or hate them, to be the face of Texas baseball, you're you're a pretty big deal. Yeah. So um, um, pretty sweet. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, congrats to Ivan Melendez. Uh, hopefully, he's able to add to that home run total. Um, and hey, let's just go straight into the super that uh, had the long rain delay and had probably the best fan base there. And it's the East Carolina versus Texas one. Um, it was at East Carolina, which was, I know Texas has a big stadium and a, a big following. I'm so glad this, this super regional was at East Carolina because you got to see one of the rowdiest, most loyal fan bases in all of college baseball. And, uh, they, they impacted were, the uh, game, dude. They, they were unhinged. Yeah. That they, this weekend. They, they, I can tell you they impacted the game because there were so many, uh, like Texas made some boneheaded mistakes, including a ball that hit off a glove and went over the fence. But I don't uh, think that was a, maybe it was a fan thing. If they couldn't hear each other calling each uh, other yeah, off. I think, I think it was a communications thing for sure. Um, but, but I mean, it, it started with, with East Carolina they gave up a two run homer in the first inning of Friday night, uh, or Friday during the day, first super regional, um, it was uh, Staley, or Staley hit the two-run homer in the first, and I'm thinking Murphy Staley. Murphy Staley, and I'm thinking, you know, all right, East Carolina's dead. The crowd's going to be out of it. Well, sure enough, East Carolina responds back with a three-spot in the bottom of the first, and that place got against, wild. Against who? Against Pete Hansen, like best one of the best pitchers in the country all year. Um, probably has like some of the best stuff out of any pitcher. I cannot believe. I mean, dude, I'm just going to go ahead and skip ahead here. I cannot believe, because I don't think we need to break down the whole series, but I cannot believe Texas lost P. Hansen's start. But this this is so college baseball for you. We literally said on Thursday, if Texas has to win P. Hansen's start to have a chance, the, the complete opposite of what we said. State. Of course they lost his start and won the next two. Shout out to Tristan Steven. Put the team on his back in the game three, winner-take-all game including two relief appearances in the first two games. Yeah, so. he pitched in every game. Um, yeah, it's so funny. If you uh, if you look at uh, what everybody, all college baseball writers and fans, everybody was saying was Texas has to win Friday in order to win the series. There was not a single person that said, oh, they could lose that Pete Hansen start and still win the series. Not a single person. And they, they certainly did that. I mean, they, they lost Friday by a blowout, uh, like 13 to 7. And uh, they ended East up Carolina back- blew it. They ended up coming back, and East Carolina, I believe, was up seven to two when I was getting dressed to go to yep. my brother-in-law's wedding, and uh, I'm like, "Oh, hell yeah, we get the Pirates in Omaha. This is sick." Um, you know, I'm happy for their for their fan base, for their team. Happy. For- and then I'm like driving to the venue, and I'm like, "Uh oh, their messenger." I'm like, "Wait a minute, Texas is coming back. They're not out of it." And uh, Obviously, no lead is safe in college baseball, and especially at that field. It is so tiny. It is. Is it, dude? It's four hundred to center. It's not I don't that believe tiny. it. I don't I believe think, it. I, I think it's a fake four hundred. You know what field it looks like? It looks like the freaking Williamsport Little League World Series field, with like how short the yeah. fences are. Every and time like they hit a ball, round. I'm like, oh my god, that could be a home run. <laughs> yeah, it, it reminds Every me time of they hit a ball. <laughs> Every time they hit a ball to the outfield, I'm like, oh my god, that could be a home run. And then it's like halfway to the outfield halfway in the, mm-hmm. like it makes no sense how, why that field looks so weird it, 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 it might be the cameras but dude i remember playing on that field and uh i, I guess to brag on myself uh my no my senior year we played at east carolina and that might have been the best batting practice performance like i was always a bp hero 
I mean, I was just flicking balls out to like Wait, left center question off the scoreboard and right. Like it was, it was one of the best. Hey, and a boy, and a boy. Great question. Did it feel small when you're on the, out there on the field? Yeah, and dude, I remember them having like the spongiest grass of all time. Uh, like it just it, like bounced different. Like it felt almost like turf. It was so nice, uh, and I guess that explains why there was a lake in in right center field during the uh, rain delay on on Sunday. But yeah, I mean that that field it, it was it looked small, it felt small, it played small. Uh, so it, but, so so it did feel like because sometimes when you stand out there. And you look at center field, you're like, holy shit, that's far away. Or, oh, my God, mm. that's so close. So it did feel small, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, okay. it felt, it felt way small. No, no, it did. Um, but anyway, so it, basically on Saturday, you know, East Carolina, they're up 7-2 to in the seventh. They give up like two or three runs in the bottom of the seventh, and they make it a little bit closer. And then in the bottom of the eighth, Texas, you know, takes the lead. And the, or Yeah, they take the lead 8-7. to seven. <laughs> Would they score four runs in the eighth? Yeah, they, they, it was it was seven to it was uh no it was seven to two, two run homer or two run double or something seven four Skyler Messenger three run bomb seven seven Dylan Campbell go ahead solo shot yeah that's right seven Texas win and then no no and then East Carolina scores one in the top of the ninth to tie it and uh, I'm thinking yep. wow uh, like, what's his name. What's his name? Hit that ball. Uh, Jacob Starling. Starling, yeah. It was uh, two outs in the ninth, and he hits a solo homer next to the foul pole. And then uh, Texas ends up winning it in the bottom of the ninth. So I'm thinking. And I, I, I knew when East Carolina – I thought East Carolina had to take a one-run lead for that game to go to extra. I was like, Texas is about to win this game in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. And, uh, and so you kind of thought, like, okay, Texas bounces back and wins game two. They have all the momentum. And <laughs> – they did. For some reason, they decide to start the third game on Sunday, even though there's giant rainstorms coming in, like thunderstorms. That so they start the game. They play like three. Or like let's see, Ivan Melinda breaks the record with a three-run shot in the first. There's like seven people that come to the plate, and then there's a six-hour rain delay. Texas has a four-nothing lead, and uh, I mean, I thought that was kind of dumb. Like, just at least postpone the game. Like, don't start it. Like, if you if you're gonna start it. Start it to finish it. Don't start it to just get another rain delay. Let me, let me ask you this. Do you think, and dude, we will never know the answer, which which drives me insane, but do you think if there was no rain delay, that game plays differently? Do you think East Carolina has a, definitely a much more competitive game, or do you think it was over regardless? Um, I mean, it's hard to argue. I mean, Texas won 11-1, to 1, so – uh, they scored four in the first, and then East Carolina scored that one in the bottom, and then there was that giant rain delay or whatever, and they, Texas scored five. No, no, no. They didn't finish the top of the first yet, Ben. You're right. You're right. one out in the top of the first rain delay. Yeah, but then Texas answered the, like their next time up after the rain delay with a five spot. Yeah. Um, so, I don't I don't think so. I mean, Texas was there to win. They had better players. I think um, – I think – um, Melendez three run homer with like a stag a, the dagger. You blow the game on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. You were that close to Omaha. Emotions were high, and then you freaking start game three with a oh, holy shit, no way. Yeah. Ivan Melendez three run homer. It was like, I think, dude, if I'm in the dugout, I'm sitting. Oh fuck, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, anyway, so yeah. Texas advances. 
Texas advances are going back to Omaha. They were in it last year. Uh, and I think you look at it now, and, and I know Pete Hansen lost his start, but they match up against Notre Dame in the first round. And you got to like your chances if you're Texas, especially because the, the two other teams on, in that side of the bracket other than Notre Dame are your two biggest rivals, Texas A&M and Oklahoma. You know you're going to have your guys not overlook those games. Uh, so Texas could see themselves in the championship, which uh, there's still a long way to go, but they got to like their chances. Um, anything else about this series before we move on to Notre Dame and Tennessee? Um, I think I do have one thing to say. And hey, I'm I'm a sports fan like every other normal person out there. Like I'm not some like freaking national sports writer, like important figure. I'm just a dude with a college baseball podcast. I'm a typical sports fan. Do I get fired up when I see horns down? Absolutely. I think it's hilarious. When someone throws the U down, it pisses me off too. It's just sports though. Like I'm not going to sit here and throw a temper tantrum on Twitter when someone throws the U down. Like I'm just going to look at them and be like, fuck you, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it it is what it is. It pisses me off inside, but whatever. I laugh it off. There was way too much horn down this weekend in Greenville. It almost, it, it almost ruined it. Like the specialty of when you do it. Like it was just thrown down, down eleven to one in the eighth in game three, and you're throwing it down. Like, come on! And, and it was like in the but TV. It, was, it wasn't the players though. Let's get that straight. It was the fans. It's it wasn't like, the players. No, I'm just talking okay. about in general. I mean, just a sports take. Like the TESPN TVs were panning all over the Greenville crowd, the East Carolina crowd, the jungle, which is they should. I like seeing the environment, but it was every single time horns down, horns down. I'm like, dude, guys, like save it like use it when it matters like it, it just kind of annoyed me that it's getting watered down too much you know what i mean yeah that, do you agree but, but i will say that those east carolina fans definitely warmed up their wrist this this past week leading up to it they were ready it to throw it down much. any chance they could though no but they were ready to do it every chance they could it's i know but it was for the it, was, it just it just like was bothering me i thought it was just too much yeah, it was just I mean, too much. And don't get me wrong. Hey, they were hammered. They had they were out there all freaking day on a bender drinking. So they didn't know what they were doing either, which is fair enough. Fair enough. But it was it was before that too. Like it was just too much. I just save it for the good moment and use it. Like yeah. if you hit a three run homer to take the lead, I hope the whole stadium is doing it. But <laughs> like it's a, a three to one game, you just hit a ground out to end the inning. Don't throw all horns down. Like it's not that cool <laughs> yet. Well, there's going to be lots of horns down going on in Omaha. I can promise you that. Probably a lot of t shirts. Let's made. talk. Let's talk Omaha matchup. Like like a sneak peek at the end, and then yeah, we'll do our thing. Okay, next. For which sure. one? Where we got next? So we're going, I mean, the, the biggest storyline, I don't know why we didn't start with this. I guess I got excited about Ivan Melendez, but the big, bad Tennessee fighting volunteers, they go down. And they go down in a way that, I mean, it surprised me. I, I know I said on the last show I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be totally shocked or surprised if Notre Dame comes out and beats them two out of three. I didn't expect it to be this way. I thought it was going to be uh, much more of like Tennessee beating themselves. Notre Dame earned everything that they did this week. Like they, they just outplayed. They Tennessee beat them they straight and, up. Beat them. And dude, it, it it had to have, like. I'm glad, not glad. I'm so sorry. That is not the right word. 
I'm I'm happy to see that it was a team that plays the game nose down the right way, fundamentally sound, well coached. Um, it was it was a team that isn't flashy. Like they don't have the superstar that a lot of teams across the country have. They just have a very very good group of nine guys, and Old it was group. like and it was like you can replace any of those nine guys with like you, you can switch them around in the order. You can make them play any position on the field. They were just like they're just dirt bags that love baseball. That um, they they just straight up beat Tennessee like hat on hat, just playing baseball. There was nothing flashy about it. They didn't let Tennessee get emotional, um, or they didn't they didn't in, interrogate not interrogate. What's the uh, word I'm looking for? They didn't make Tennessee get emotional. Like they didn't do anything to start anything. They just let Tennessee play their game. They played their own, and uh, it was it was weird to see, but it was kind of cool to see. Now. Tennessee losing is bad for college baseball. Tennessee not making it to Omaha is bad for baseball because they have built such a good uh, the whole country. Um, the whole country either loves them or knew, hates them. yeah. And, and they knew about Tennessee baseball this year. Yeah, and and nothing against Notre Dame baseball. Happy to see them with their success. They they got ripped off last year having to go to Hattiesburg or not Hattiesburg, wow, Starkville, um, and play in that super regional. They. Nothing against them. Tennessee losing is bad for college baseball. It's bad for the viewership that I think could have happened in Omaha, and and and, and the whole villain thing. Like the way I, I can do it is like, the way I can compare this is take any movie that you want, whether it's like let's say The Dark Knight, like Bane is dead and there's still the biggest part of the movie left, and you're like, what's the point of the movie now? I mean, obviously the, you got the good guys fighting against or whatever. You know, you got the good guys. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like Frodo back, Frodo dying, and they're still taking the ring to Mordor. Right? Yeah, it's like the big bad guy like, is oh, gone. Well, he, What's yeah, the point he, of the rest? Yeah, <laughs> we but, need a villain. And you know what? I hate to say this, but I think I I think I agree with you that Tennessee being in Omaha would have been better for the overall sport. But on the flip side of it, it shows you how damn hard it is to go to Omaha. It kept. Omaha still being a special place to, to make it. So it's it's like it's not automatic. There's no easy ride to Omaha, even though some teams this year had some easy rides. We'll get there. Tennessee not making it shows winning a national championship in baseball might be one of the hardest things to do. Oh, it's it's the hard I, I think out of the the three major and even March Madness. March Madness, a point guard mano y mano with another point guard can out talent. Another point guard, whether he's yeah. faster, whether he's got better ball handling, whether he's got a better shot, you can out talent someone in basketball and even football. If you have a line, six five, three hundred pound dude, they yeah. can manhandle their way and power their way to you know a first down, whatever the case may be. Baseball, I can throw a dick shot fastball at ninety two miles an hour. The other guy can either hit a pop up or hit a three run homer. And still be the most talented hitter in the country. You yeah. it takes it's like takes a, a home run at the end of the day. It's quote unquote lucky because when you square a ball up, it's a line drive. You yeah. you miss a little bit, it's a ground ball. If you miss a little bit the other way, it's a home run. So home runs are quote unquote lucky, like they're un, unintentional sometimes. You know yeah. what I mean? So baseball is a sport where no matter how damn talented you are. Someone else can beat you just because of the luck of the draw. 
Yeah, and it's a team sport. I mean, it's it's nine guys that you have to rely on all nine. You can't just like hide them. Uh, and and so, but like, I was gonna uh, finish. Let me finish on okay. Tennessee. I was really happy that Tennessee didn't like have a bad weekend to lose. Notre Dame just beat them. Just yeah, straight up them. beat yeah. them. They were better at two out hitting. They were better at getting ahead in count. They were better. I mean, it was just it, so many part facets of the game. They just beat Tennessee. And don't get me wrong. There's one thing that I would say that Tennessee did wrong this weekend. They left Chase Burns in too long on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It is a winner-take-all game. What are we waiting for? The moment you smell Notre Dame smell blood, mm-hmm. they, they, they – I mean, it was just like it was like that. It was tied, and it was like that. You're down by four. Yeah. And and tennis. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a head coach. I'm not a D1 pitching coach. But they left Chase Burns in wait too long. What are you waiting for? Yeah. And I, I mean, I didn't think he had his best stuff. You know. It, but it, he did get no, you no, no, there. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He had his, he had his stuff for six strong. He no, had I'm talking stuff. about that one in the sixth yeah, or the but, seventh but, inning. But, but it's the seventh inning. Take him out. What are we waiting for? Yeah. That's a good point. Like, you don't have to, like, hold any of your relievers for, like, the next game. Like, this is the last game. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a, a good point. Um, but Auburn going- did it. Auburn did it today just to kind of have a comparison. Auburn, as soon as they smelt trouble, it was next guy. Smelt mm-hmm. trouble, next guy. And a lot of teams did it. I mean, Stanford and UConn did it, but just, you know, one team was just better than the other. Um, but, yeah, they, they left Chase Burns in too long, and that cost them the series. Yeah. Um, now, Notre Dame did start this series with an absolute bang. I think they hit four home runs in their first three innings, and uh, they jumped out to, what, a 5 nothing lead through – no, let's see, they were 2, 3, 4, 5 – yeah, 5 five nothing lead through three, and then a 8-1 uh, to one lead through four. And they ended up, you know, kind of letting what it get it, away. 8-6 final. 8-6 final. Um, they didn't score, like, the last set of innings. But, yeah, I was like, wow, like, Notre Dame, they can uh, – you know, you I put told them, you. You put them they in a gonna... scene where it's like they're they're the underdogs. Like, they're going to respond well. Uh, of course, Tennessee blew them out game two. Uh, I think Tennessee had, like, an eight-run inning or something in, uh, or seven-run inning somewhere in the middle. And I'm thinking, okay, Tennessee – they lose game one. They blow them out game two. There's no way they're losing game three. Like, it's just not happening. And uh, sure enough, they were up, and then they just blew it in the seventh and then compounded it in the eighth with three more runs against. So um, hats off to the Fighting Irish. They're going to Omaha for, like, first time in a while. I don't know the exact year, but um, I know they're going to have a strong supporting fan base making that trip from uh, South Bend to Omaha. And, uh, I, dude, I think they're – what you say? They're, are they – are hey, they the odds-on favorite to win now? I told you they're the they're the co-favorite with Stanford. Um, I, I told you, dude. I knew it was going to happen. If Notre Dame was going to beat Tennessee, they were going to become the favorite to win the College World Series. It was just the way it was because it was either Tennessee or the team that beat them, Notre Dame. Yeah. And um, yeah, no tip the cap to the Irish. Unbelievable series. That series was a really good juggernaut fight. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows that Notre Dame should have been a one seed uh, to begin the regionals, and they had to be a two seed in, in Statesboro. <laughs> Tennessee so. had to go through the hottest mid-major team in Campbell. Mm-hmm. They had to go through Georgia Tech, who – Second best offense in the country. At one point in the year was a national seed mm-hmm. candidate. 
with one of the best offenses in the country. And they had to face Zach Maxwell, who would argue who was their best pitcher throwing a hundred. So yeah. he's probably a top five hardest thrower in the country. So Tennessee's road to Omaha was, was was brutal. Brutal. Yeah, they definitely got I mean you you look at like uh, Stanford. Stanford who was the two seed, their their path to Omaha was much, much easier. Uh, you know, going through like no offense to Texas State, but uh, you know, Texas State was their Texas, two seed, yeah. and I don't even remember who who was a three. UC Santa Barbara or somebody was a three seed. They had a tough seat. They had a tough, decently tough regional, but the way it played out, um, super against their super UConn just just changed everything. Yeah, super against UConn was. Uh, but was you little, know what? Are we? You want to just? You want to just talk Palo Alto super now since yeah, we're already here? Let's do it. I do. I do need to. I, I. I mean, we were we were sitting there waiting for UConn to fall, and they never did, and they finally fell. But it was at a point where you can't say, uh, I "Told you so." UConn, bro. They won fifty this games this year. They won fifty games without they, their first round. Like UConn, everybody talks about Carson Wisenhunt uh, for East Carolina missing the whole season. Um, who was I mean, he's dominating the Cape Cod right now. He, uh, he's pitching really well, left-handed pitcher, 95, 96 miles an hour. Well, UConn um, didn't have their best player this year who was going to be a first-round pick, not because of any kind of, like, um, like steroids or drug tests, nothing like that. It was uh, He had Tommy John surgery. Um, but he's a first-baseman pitcher. I just blinked on his name. Give me a second. Reggie Crawford, um, who, I mean, he would have made that team – Twice as good as a as a pitcher and a and a power hitting first baseman, dude. That UConn team has got a lot to build on for next year. I'll tell you that. Like they're going to be, they're going to be a sleeper candidate to get to Omaha. I think in twenty twenty three, um, we doubted them all year pretty much because they play in a week. And we were wrong about them. We were wrong. We were wrong. About they they win. So they they win game one against Stanford, uh, in, in a very surprising way. You know they they jumped on Stanford early and uh, they. I don't even remember the uh, nine. Nothing. It was it was nine. It was nine nothing. Yeah, it was second. something like I I, t- I bet on Stanford to win that game, and uh, <laughs> I look on the scoreboard and they're down nine nothing. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Uh, and then and then Stanford made it really really close at the end. Uh, I think they scored six in the night to to lose. Dude, uh, it was it was like 12. it was like it was like that. I mean. I kind of got a taste of them against Texas State, but that I think they're the best hitting team left in the country. Dude, of all the teams dude. in Omaha, they're the best hitting team, and it's not. I don't. I, I off the top of my head, I don't think it's even close. And they, dude, their bats are going to play so well on that big field because they do. They gap to gap, gap to gap, and then you know, with the juiced balls, they're going to hit plenty of home runs. Uh, we saw it in the I Big mean, Ten tournament. You mentioned it before the show. The uh, the balls, the balls are going to fly. fly. Yeah, and I love the Stanford offense. Uh, I mean, there's just there's very, very few weak spots, if any. Uh, and and they have power. They have on base. Like, they're just an OPS machine. O- on base plus slug- slugging, they have the it. team is lit. I mean, dude, and, not and even it, that. They're, the name, Tommy Troy, what a name. Mm-hmm. Drew Bowser, Bowser, what a name. Um, Brock Jones, what a name. Braden um, Montgomery. Lund- Montgomery, Braden Montgomery, what a name! Ryan Bruno, what a name! I mean, they just have names. Uh, Park, what's his what's his first name? Park, James Something Park, Park. Huh? Is it James Park? 
No, it's uh, something park. Um, he, he, I mean, dude, that lineup is just full of names. And then you get Cody Huff, another cool name. I don't like, know if dude, Cody, what makes Cody Huff a cool name? <laughs> it's a K with a K. Okay. I don't know. I just think they have a sweet name lineup. I, and, and, and hey, they're my, after I saw them in that Pac 12 tournament, I was like, this is my team. This is my, t- my pick from the national championship. And so far, so good. I mean, it's been close. Now, it's been a few how worried were you after Friday or Saturday night when they lose thirteen to twelve to you? Oh, I thought. I, I thought after I saw that ninth inning, I said Stanford's winning the series. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was like then UConn had to bring in their closer. By the way, who also got torched. He got lit up too. He yeah. gave up three home runs in the ninth. So I was when I saw all that, I was like, dude, Stanford's got nobody that can stop them. When when it when it time you know after the first three four innings when the game starts get going they had nobody to stop them and today showed it I mean Stanford just rolled them again um, yeah so that team I think I mean it would I mean shout out to UConn great season they just weren't good enough I mean this Stanford team can really smash. Yeah, and, and Stanford's the number two overall seed for a reason. You're right. Like, they won the, the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, they won the Pac-12 regular season, too. People forget. Um, they, didn't they win it by, like, half a game over uh, Oregon State? Yep. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it, we I saw them in person last year in, in the College World Series in Omaha. And they, lo- they lost game one at the time. I was like, man, they just got upset by NC State. Uh, you know, they didn't look great. And, and then it turns out NC State was just playing the best baseball ever. And uh, I think they ended up winning the next game against in the loser's bracket against Arizona. And then, and don't forget, they lost on a walk-off wild pitch to Walk-off wild pitch to Vanderbilt. And they should have won that game. So yep. th- this is, like, my fault. I, I, I should have seen this. Like, I've been putting the same chip on the shoulder for teams like, uh, like Arkansas and, and Notre Dame and things like that that come into the tournament with a chip on their shoulder. Stanford has a chip on their shoulder, too, to like get a little bit of revenge from what happened last year in the College World Series. I think they, they feel like they severely underperformed, and uh, they returned a lot of those guys from last year's team. So I think, yeah. in my opinion, I know that you said Notre Dame uh, is, the, is the favorite from Vegas to win the College well, World Series. Well, they cut favorites with Stanford at plus 450. Yeah, I think Stanford's got to be like a, at least a bigger favorite than Notre Dame, and in, in my opinion, I think that Stanford is uh, is top of the top of the food chain now. Um, yeah, and I mean, yeah. So that's that's your that's your Palo Alto super. By the way, Stanford is ten and zero in home super. Yeah, in history, right? Like they've never lost a home super. Regional. They've never lost a home super. That's that's kind of crazy, to be honest. Ten and zero in home super. Place where teams go to die, where seasons end. Um, Incredible. Yeah. All right. What do you, uh, let's see. Two versus. So two and 15 plays against. Oh, seven. So the 7 10 matchup. Oh, this was a good one. It was uh, Arkansas and North Carolina matches up in the first round against Stanford. And, uh, dude, this my my national champion pick, the one I had a dream about in early May, winning a national championship randomly on a nap that I was. Uh, I was taking, and I made sure to tweet it out um, in early May. I don't remember the exact date, but I had a dream that Arkansas was going to win the national championship. Did you put money on it that day, though? No, I didn't. I mean, I wasn't in a state that was legal in, so I didn't uh, 
didn't have a chance to, but I should have. I told people to. I said, hey, guys, I tweeted out something like, I just had a dream or Arkansas would win a national championship this year. That was back when they were struggling and not playing good. Uh, and right now they are arguably playing like best baseball they've played all year. And in fact, I think it's safe to say that. Uh, but they, they go down to the, uh, the old Tar Heel State in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and play two really low-scoring very competitive Fight. games, um, dog fights. And, and North Carolina didn't let up. Uh, in fact, they had the lead. They had the lead. You're right. And uh, and Arkansas had to like battle back. But I mean, this weekend. So the reason why I like Arkansas a lot right now is, is like I know I picked them to win the national championship before this whole regionals and super regionals happened. But they they showed me last week their offense is elite. They showed me this week that their pitching staff can get it done, too. Uh, I mean, they only gave up four runs in two games against a really good hitting North Carolina team. A very hot hitting North Carolina team. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I think that regional, regional was exactly what Arkansas needed to get ready to, go, to win a national championship. It was, what do we do when we, when we're, when we can't score that many runs? Yeah, like and how are we going how are we going to keep teams from scoring on us? And they did. Um, and they, and they, they capitalized, put the cherry on top after giving up the lead in the top of the ninth in game two. Everybody thinking, okay, game three is going to start tomorrow. They do. They battled bang, bang, through. Bang. They do. They put some hits together and uh, and hit and won the game. Walk off single. So now they have all the confidence, all the momentum in the world. And uh, dude, I don't know. I think that this year, it's funny. This year's team's not as good as last year's Arkansas team. Like not even close, in my opinion. But here they are in the College World Series. Um, they everybody knows how they collapsed in 2017. Or no, no, but, 2018. But I, I think I, I don't think they're that much less talented than last year. Like uh, when you really look at it, uh, how how much less how much of a difference is it? It's, it I mean, you've got Wicklander, Wicklander, Cops, the um, Golden Spikes winner from last year, Kevin Cops is gone. Bob Moore's having a way worse season. Um, I mean, maybe, 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 maybe they, I don't know. I just, I just think, I just think talent doesn't matter as much when you don't have all that pressure. Yeah. I mean, that's being the number one overall team. I mean, it's it's, it's, another year goes by number one overall seed is dead. And I mean, here's a good point. Here's a good idea. Think about Arkansas pulled a Tennessee this year. Tennessee pulled an Arkansas this year. From last year, they flip flopped. You're right. Basically, it was a perfectly flipped script. Last year, Tennessee won the East and went to Omaha in the shadows of Arkansas. Arkansas, they okay, they lost by a, a game or a half a game to Texas A&M this year in the West. But my point still stands. They were in the shadows of Tennessee this year, and now look who's going to Omaha, Arkansas. Crazy how that works. It, and those two on, fan yeah. bases hate each other. They the two fan bases bitch and complain and obsessed over each other more than any other fan bases on Twitter. Um, and so yep, congrats congrats to the hogs, man. I'm 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 happy that you know they have a chance to go to Omaha, no pressure, go win go win a national championship. Yeah, and they're gonna dude, and you know their fans are gonna travel in the bunches. Oh, they're gonna take over to that place. Omaha. In fact, I, I meant to do this before the show. I'm going to do it live on air here. Uh, I'm going to see exactly how many miles and how many hours it is uh, from Fayetteville. It can't be more Arkansas. than like six or seven. Oh, I think it's less than that um, to 
I think it's a sixth. Let's see here. Five or six. My guess. Dude, you're actually spot on. It was six hours and seven minutes. Yep. Which isn't bad. I mean, you can drive up like you can drive up one day, spend You can drive up Friday morning, like or they play Saturday. So you can drive up Saturday morning, watch Saturday night. No, here we go. You drive up Friday after work. You get done with work at five. Oh yeah, yeah. You head up, you get there by midnight after you stop once, and then uh spend the weekend there. Yep. And then you come back Sunday night, ready to roll for work on Monday. I mean, that's yep. perfect. It's six hours. You don't have to buy a plane ticket. Uh, it's a pretty straight shot right through, like straight up the, the United States. I uh, said, what is it, 77? I think I it have is. no idea. I think it's like right I, up I mean, the Mississippi just, River. I've, I've been two years in in Lincoln. Yeah, I think you uh, pretty much just go, never mind, not up the Mississippi River, wrong, about it's 200 seven, miles away. I think it's 77. You go you right go, up. Uh, hmm? Springfield, Kansas City, and then straight up to Omaha. So, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. their fans, they travel every year they go to Omaha. I mean, they, they travel in the bunches. It's a great fan base to have up there. Um, and they're going to get rowdy. I mean, they they look around. They got Oklahoma there, Texas A&M, Texas, uh, some teams that they don't really like too much. So uh, it, they're going to be they're gonna be talking their shit. That's for sure. Anyways, uh, any, any thoughts on North Carolina? Like, successful season? I think so. Um, didn't really What's come next? into the season. Well, I don't think North Carolina had very many expectations on the season, so I think it's successful. Um, something to build off for next year. And, uh, I mean, hey, they're ACC tournament champs, so you can't take that away from them. All right. Um, let's go next. My favorite Super Regional to watch, which was Texas A&M and Louisville. Uh, I think this one people kind of forgot about because it got over in just two days. Uh, Friday, Saturday, done Saturday night. But those two games – uh, I mean, dude, they were they were entertaining to watch. You, you got to see uh, some very stressful, sweaty moments, especially whenever I had Texas A&M winning uh, on Friday night. Uh, you know, I bet on them. I told everybody it was my lock of the of the weekend. Texas A&M in two games, they're going to win this series. I thought they were going to win like twelve to one and ten to three. I didn't think it was going to be five to four. And uh, what was this? What was the second score? Um, it was five four four three. I just looked it yeah. up, but dude, I mean, I, I mean, we were texting throughout the whole night Friday night um, about this Louisville and Texas A&M game, and I texted you like around the sixth or seventh inning, and I was like, Texas A&M is going to win this game. Louisville uh, just kept having like kept holding Texas A&M. You know, bases loaded, one out, no run scored, or um, first and third, nobody out, only one run scored. Texas A&M at one point left like twelve runners on base, and it was like embarrassing. Um, it was like embarrassingly bad for him. And uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, Louisville surprised me with how well they played in that, that hostile environment. Uh, but when it came down to it, A&M hit Louisville's best relievers and Louisville did not hit A&M's best relievers. So that's a recipe for, for winning a game and winning a series. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I mean, Louisville, if Louisville would have won Friday night, they would have won that series. Oh, I mean, no doubt. I think so too. But and then also And they had we, a four two lead in the seventh inning or something. Yeah, four two lead in the seventh. And and you texted me this. You said the moment that AM won, you're like, Well, AM's winning tomorrow because Louisville's two best relievers uh just lost the game for him. And they hadn't you know, those were the two best on the season by far. Uh and AM already proved that they could hit him. So you're like, Yep, AM just won the series. And they sure did the next day. 
I mean, Kuner and um, Prosecchi were Louisville's two best guys in the, in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Those were their two guys. They went to every game. Mm-hmm. And if you beat them, it, it was over. I mean, it, it was it was over. I mean, Dylan Rock game time two run homer, and he struggled all weekend. Besides that, um, he didn't do a whole lot of damage. I, yeah, I don't think he did a whole lot of damage. Um, but I mean, it was just. I mean. I mean, it was just that that Louisville was that Louisville was that close too. They they lost in two games, but they were that close to winning that. I mean, they were going to win that series if they would have won Friday night. Yeah, they lost two one run games. Um, and dude, I'll tell you this: like Louisville's lineup was way scarier to me. Like if I was a pitcher than A and M's, even though like A and M's lineup is. Similar Louisville did some stupid shit all weekend. They did some stupid thing all weekend. Oh, what what did they do that was so dumb? They bunted with two outs, bases loaded. Yes, they they, <laughs> they every time they got a leadoff guy on or one out man off for they stole second, got thrown out by Troy Clanch, yeah. and it was just like, dude, when are we gonna re- like when are we gonna stop doing this? Your lineup is good enough to put three hits in a row to score a run. Yeah, what are we doing? You're I mean, right, dude. And then they out hit A and M on game two, thirteen to five, and lost. They were smoke. They were they were all over them. They yeah. just they were kept running into out. Um, it was just it, it was just. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe Louisville took a chance, and maybe if it would have paid off, paid off. If they would have won, maybe we're not talking about these things. But yeah. they didn't, and they had a chance to. I mean, there. I think Louisville's lineup was the better lineup this weekend. A and yeah. just one bigger moment, and they just pitched a little. I mean, I can't even really say that they pitched much better. It was just A and M took advantage of Louisville's stupid boneheaded decision. That was, yeah. That's what it came down to. Um, now this so A and M's offense reminds me a lot of Notre Dame, where I think other than maybe like the three and four hitters, you can put anybody in any spot in the order. Uh, like you can. Uh, I think I don't know. Ryan name? Cole is uh, the Kaler. leadoff guy for. Yeah, I mean Ryan Cole is he's a big beast though. I mean he could see him hitting three hole or, or even five hole two whatever. Um, he could hit anywhere in the lineup. They just put him in leadoff because he's the best on base guy. But you know you could put like Kaler in the two hole, but he's hitting nine hole. You could also see him in like the six or seven hole. Um, you know Austin puts their, their whole lineup puts, is very not Austin versatile. Carter. Very versatile. Like you don't have to rely on like leadoff man on, bunt him over, uh, Dylan Rock hit him in. Uh, you you could have a perfect mix of like power, contact, speed, um, because all the guys do it. So I mean, it's a it's a tough test, and I think that their bats are going to play really well at TD. I mean, I guess Charles Schwab Field in Omaha, uh, just because like they don't try to do too much. Like they have power, but they don't they don't swing out of their yep. shoes. They're they're not they're not a uh, home run or die team. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Very I, well I coached, and uh, credit to Michael Early, Coach Early, um, for really changing right. that team's identity. Yeah. What's next? Um, so they match up against the four versus uh, – oh, no, okay, so it's Auburn and Oregon State. No, uh, no, no, no. No, 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 you're right, you're right. Um, A&M, A&M is playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah, so Oklahoma – and Virginia Tech. That was the four versus like thirteen, I guess. Super, if that's what you want to call it. Um, what do you think about this regional? I think there's two things that stand out to me, maybe three. But I think I think Virginia. Hey, Virginia Tech showed 
they can smash as well. They can hit at any moment. I think Oklahoma's pitching, we knew this coming in. And I picked I picked Virginia Tech, but in my D1 bracket, I have I had Oklahoma going to Omaha. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I did that. Um, but whatever, regardless, my picks were all over the map. I don't know what I was doing. But Oklahoma had the better pitching. We knew that coming in. Virginia Tech, we, we kept talking about Hackenberg, Hackenberg this, Hackenberg that. We knew Virginia Tech didn't have the pitching like Oklahoma did. And well, their starter, was, their starter on Friday, you know, they didn't start Hackenberg on Friday. They started know, him on Saturday. He, uh, he what's his name? Saturday. Griffin Green or something. Green. Yep, uh, yep. He only threw like one inning, uh, maybe two. I mean, it was a very short start for him. Oklahoma put the pressure on him early. And then, you know, shout out to our guy, John Spikerman in right field. Game save and catch, bottom of the ninth, two outs to win that game. Oklahoma holds on. Uh, and they uh, – dude, I mean, yeah, they won game one. I thought it was, like, well played, but they didn't impress me. You know, I thought it was more like Virginia Tech was just waiting for their moment to capitalize. And I thought Virginia Tech could, like, pull away at any moment. I know they were down five to whatever, um, like five to two, but I thought that there was, like, a seven-run inning coming for Virginia Tech. Um, but Oklahoma got some good breaks there. And uh, and then going into game two, I was like, you know, Virginia Tech has all the momentum. Um, I know they lost first game, but they're at home. I think they're going to win. And they did. They, like, blew out Oklahoma. They, they blew them out. What was it? Like, I don't 14 even know. 14-3, 14-4, 5, something like that. Yeah. Um, but their offense exploded. They finally, like, got some big hits. They took their walks. They they played the way that they played all year, and so I'm going into Sun or Saturday. Oh, let's see, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, game three. Thinking, all right, Oklahoma's lost momentum. They've had a great season, but Virginia Tech has done this all year long. Like they're 45 and 12 or whatever, whatever they were. Um, and Oklahoma's just hot down the stretch, but I think they lost all momentum. They're playing in a. I'll tell I'll tell you this. Virginia Tech's stadium was pretty hostile. Like they were, their fans got after it. Um, and I don't it's, a, if, it's a weird state. I hate, I hate it. I hate it so much. It's a weird stadium, but it has a lot of potential if they want to do some renovation. Oh, they have a lot of room to grow, mm -hmm. to build and stuff. But I hate the way they have it. It's like a little grandstand stadium style behind home plate. And then it's just like a grass, like picnic park type thing behind the first base dugout. It's so weird. I don't like it. I feel like it doesn't hold sound as well as they could because they had a lot of people there. Yeah. It just did. didn't feel, it didn't feel loud. Yeah, well, I mean, you just every time they would pan over with the cameras, um, it was just their big picnic park and down the. First no, side, but people were standing on the grass and they were doing a. Uh, um, they they were. But they it was still a picnic. It was a still a very oh, picnic fine. vibe. Yeah, I guess. I mean, sure, but they brought um, out their blankets and they sat on the grass to watch a baseball game. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, I just don't like it. I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm fully expecting Virginia Tech to win game three. I thought Oklahoma was out of pitching. Oh, uh, you, thought, you thought Virginia Tech was going to win that? I thought oh, my, yeah. I knew my pick was dead. I knew, I thought Oklahoma was going to win. After game two, you thought that? Yeah. What? I, I knew because you, you have a day off. You bring all your guys back. I knew I, – I just had a feeling. If Oklahoma starter could get them three, four strong innings, it was over. Yeah. Um, but anyways uh, – Oklahoma just they they rolled him from the first inning. Like my boy Peyton Graham, 
just absolutely smokes a homer in the first inning, gives him a one nothing lead, and then um, Pettis went off this weekend too. Yeah, Pettis went off. Uh, dude, I didn't realize he hit so down in the order. He's like a seven hole or six or seven. Like he needs, I think he needs to be up near the top of the order the way he's swinging it recently. Hey, how about um, how about the closer? Um, what was his name? Tr- Michael Trevin. Trevin did hit hit him with a little mustache yeah. under the nose wipe and. Um, this is what Virginia Tech closer does after a win. He oh, waved. so he was he was doing okay. He was making fun of him. He was imitating his close when he, I mean to wave him off to go to Omaha like that. Pretty savage. Yeah. Um, but again, like it was it was Virginia Tech starting pitching that just couldn't hold it. Um, you, you kind of got the feeling that after the first couple innings, Oklahoma was going to win that game. Uh, even yep. though Virginia Tech did tie it at one point. I don't know if it was the first or second or third. <laughs> It was like two to two, and then I think Oklahoma it, just rolled. Then it, was, from there. then it was like seven to two. Yeah, I'm looking. Two. I'm looking at the box score. They uh, Oklahoma scored. It was two to two after three. They scored three, two, one, 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 one. They scored every inning after that yeah, from the fourth on. Um, and you know, credit to Oklahoma. They they played way better than we thought this season. Uh, they almost won the Big Twelve regular season. They won the the Big Twelve tournament. And then they go down to Gainesville, win this, the regional, now win the Super at Virginia Tech. So they're well-deserved into Omaha. Nobody can take that away. That was a hard – I mean, honestly, Gainesville and then Blacksburg, that's not an easy road to Omaha. No, not at all. Like, not not even that, – that that's a low-key, low-key hard – like, hard regional, hard super regional. Um, now, it could be yeah. a lot worse, but whatever. Um, Next – Next one we have. So we we've done the the left side of the bracket fully, right? We we have. Yeah, we've got no, we got so left side of the bracket: Oklahoma, Texas A and M, Friday at two p.m. at Charles Schwab. And then we've got Notre Dame, Texas, seven p.m. Friday night primetime Ooh, at cool. Charles Schwab in Omaha. And, that, and then the right side, we've got Stanford, Arkansas. We've already talked about them. Um, two p.m. on Saturday, and then. We've got two more regionals. We've yep. got Hattie. We've got two more supers: Hattiesburg and Corvallis. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go Corvallis. Uh, let's go Hattiesburg first, because um, I just want to say, first of all, great season of Southern Miss. Um, what they have? Fifty wins. Close. I mean, close to fifty wins this year. Forty something. Yeah, and and they they got to host their conference tournament. They got to host a regional and a super regional. I'm sure. They made more money in those three weeks than they have over the last three years combined, um, because everything was sold out. They, I mean, dude, they they had they had LSU there, they had Ole Miss there, um, and then obviously like eight other or ten other, like ten other teams from the conference tournament, uh, and they put on an absolute like freaking phenomenal. Um, uh, you know, tournaments that they they host. I don't even know what, the, what am I tr- what am I trying to say. Like they did a, a great job. Environment atmosphere. They did a great job hosting, and their fans deserved every bit of that because they're a very strong college baseball fan base. Uh, they haven't been successful in football or basketball in the last decade or so. So they're a baseball school, and uh, it was cool to see. Now I feel I feel terrible because they looked bad this weekend, man. They they, they got lost. dominated. They they got, they got absolutely dominated, and. I thought I thought it was going to be flip. I honestly thought Southern Miss was going to, after that hard fought regional, I thought they were it was going to 
they were going to breathe through that super. I yeah. thought they were going to pit up on the mound, dominate, and they were going to scratch, but they couldn't hit, man. They got, I mean, dude, when you get shut out two games in a row, you have no business winning going up. at home. Yeah, at home. I mean, you kind of look yourself in the mirror, just like, man, we, we got outscored 15 nothing this weekend. Didn't put a run across, really didn't even like threaten too much. I mean, um, okay, hold on. They were, I mean, they were inches away from taking a 4 3 lead in that first game. Oh, um, with the, the, the grass, the foul ball grass slam inches yeah. away. It was foul. Um, that's been confirmed. Um, but that's the game of baseball, man. Inches, game freaking inches. And if they hit that grand slam, who knows what happened there? All the momentum. Everything you take, the lead. I mean, who knows? I mean, tough luck. Yeah. But yeah. to get shut out, not even one run, it means that you, you were never going to win anyways, you know? Yeah, you can't win if you can't score. But and um, oh, Man, dude, I heard for them. I wanted them to win. I really I, did. I did too. But, hey, I've really come to like like I, – I like this Ole Miss team. You but know, Ole, yeah. Ole Miss has gotten terrible reputation over the last – you know, since we've been a podcast, since 2019 – is just maybe having like arrogant, douchey players, and that could be not true, but just kind of how we've always viewed them. Their fans are sometimes like arrogant and not fun to, to uh, interact maybe with. Maybe they're just unrealistic. I don't know. Yeah, but dude, we have we have a team here that is like veteran led. Um, probably the most likable guy in college baseball. Enough like like he's so likable that the biggest rival. Um, that they have their best player from last year, Tanner Allen, is tweeting about how Tim Elko is the role model that he wants, um, you know, his kids to have or whatever. Uh, the best role model in college baseball, and he's he's spot on. Um, and then you have guys like Kevin Graham and and uh, uh, Bench and Gonzalez, mm-hmm. and, and Gonzalez is a superstar at shortstop. Um, probably a favorite to maybe be in the the Golden Spikes contention next year. Um, you're right, dude. I mean, they, they have a very likable team, and I, I've been sleeping on them all year, and uh, it's 100% bias. Um, you know, I just had it in, in the back of my head that they were just this team of douchebags, but they're not. They're, they're a team full of very rootable guys, and to be the last team in, I gave them a hard time because I didn't think that they deserved it. Um, but they've done Hey, hey, hey. What are they, 5 Hey, I will stay still to this day. They didn't deserve it. It is what it is. They didn't deserve to get in, and here we are. Yeah, and and, and they've just gone five and zero in their regionals and super regionals combined. So, uh, I mean, Mike Bianco, who was on the hot hot seat going into the really the selection show, is turning around. You know around. what? And you know what? Whether I mean, dude, hindsight of twenty twenty, we know we all know that phrase. You can't sit here and say everything is a hot take. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't sit here and do that. You can't just sit here and go through receipt about everything. Some things, yeah. But Bianca was deservingly on the hot seat. Like, yes. it was deser- he was deservingly on the hot seat. You can't sit here and say, oh, you, you wanted our coach fired. Now, well, good things went your way at the end of the season. You got in a regional where the one seed was not ready to play ball. You had a rain delay. Like, and you won a regional. And then you go to Super, you get a freaking freshman who had. Giving up one run in twelve and two Hunter starts. Elliott. Yeah, he went seven and a I mean, third like, like, ten like, K's as like, a freshman. Yeah, like you can't sit here and say Bianco put on the greatest coaching show in the world, or you can't like 
things went their way. He, they had good things happen, and here they are. Just, just be happy with it. Don't sit here and start trying to roast people. Oh, he should have been fired, yada, yada. He was deservingly on the hot seat. They were the yeah. number one team, and they were not playing like it. They were not even playing like a top-four team in the SEC West, which we now know had, what, three teams? in the Four. Know, four, four teams West in Omaha. All, that's four, yeah. So, so, I mean, like, you can nitpick everything here and there, but happy for Ole Miss. What a, what a story. What a, yeah, what a damn and, good story. Move along with it. Enjoy it. Bianco earned himself enough, at least another couple years, I would say. Oh, yeah. Whether Getting you like Omaha, for sure. Whether you like him or not, what it is, what it is. He earned a few more years of job security, and we'll see what he does with it. Um, yeah. We'll see, but Ole Miss, they ran through. They dominated Southern Miss. They, I mean, they they almost didn't even belong on the same field. It was it was just, it was just a two and done, easy. So yeah. now Hunter Elliott, dude, he's he's exactly what Ole Miss was missing all year. He was in the bullpen the first part of the year. He's kind of got a little Michael Roth, South Carolina vibes to him. Um, because Whoa, ever since pump he's been, the break. no, I'm pump saying that break. like based off of his two postseason uh, performances, it was at Miami and at Southern Miss, two one seeds. You know, five innings, eight Ks, seven and a third, ten Ks. Uh, I know he had a good down the stretch run uh, where he was pitching well in the SEC play, but uh, I mean, he is, I mean, he's got potential if he runs through Omaha to like set a legacy for himself. Um, just a left handed pitcher. I I'll wouldn't tell say you what. Ole Miss's season turned around the day Dylan DeLucia won them a Friday night game. I, I don't know if, it was, if he had a good outing before the no hitter or what. I can't remember exactly what it was. The day DeLucia secured that Friday night spot with the day Ole Miss season turned around. Um, what was Ole Miss's Friday night guy to start the year? What was his name? Diamond? Yes, Derek Diamond, who got hurt. Um, it would be really – like Ole Miss would be a pretty heavy favorite, I think, in the College World Series if they still had him. Um, but he was right. Know, like, I don't DeLucia, know about all that, maybe, but – it was just an unbelievable finish. They had guys step up pitching wide, which was their problem most of the year. Mm-hmm. If not all the whole year, they couldn't pitch. They couldn't hold a team to less than a run because they were scoring. Mm-hmm. So great season. We'll see what happens in Omaha. Bianco, hey, he got hate. He got criticism, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But it was deservingly so at the time. Now he silenced them. His team silenced them. And that's all you can do. Yep. Um, and so they play the winner of this Oregon State Auburn Super Regional uh, that just finished up a few hours ago. And uh, Dimitri Auburn has uh, the, the the better team did not win that that super. Dude, I, yeah. I'm gonna just say it. It was a it, okay. It was a very competitive Super Regional, right? And and you have to credit Auburn. You have hundred percent but... because they went on the road out west to one of the best baseball environments uh, in the country. You can put Oregon State's baseball environment with their field, their stadium, their fan base, with anybody really in the country other than maybe one a or few, two. A few, a few, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they they come out and uh, and on Friday, and, and they score two in the first off that Sonny to share a home run, and I'm like, okay, Auburn's going to continue on what they did in the regional where they outscored opponents like 50 to 7. Uh, and then... Oregon State comes back with a four spot, and I'm like, well, Auburn might be dead. 
But sure enough, Auburn comes out and wins the game seven to seven to four, seven to five ish. And uh, and I'm like, okay, Auburn. I mean, their two lefties out of the pen were great. And I'm thinking, okay, Auburn, Auburn can come in and win this. Eight like, and a third. Hey, what was it? Eight and a third innings of one run ball on yeah. the bullpen. I mean, that that's, that'll play. That'll yep. freaking play. And uh, and then they come in uh, the second game and they they down two nothing. I think they tie it up. And it was just it was a back and forth game with a lot of scoring opportunities, but it was so wet and cold. Everybody in the stands was wearing these like jackets and gloves and. Uh, it looked like a February game, but it was in June, and the ball was just dying at the warning track. There was probably eight to twelve balls that just were caught on the warning track or hit off the wall. Um, so it had potential for a high-scoring game, which I think Auburn is the favorite there. Um, but Oregon State wins it. They they strike. I think they struck out the side in the ninth, and uh, and I'm like, okay, Oregon State's winning tomorrow. Like no questions. Auburn's done. And uh, sure enough, Auburn only had three hits today. Uh, one of them was a big fly by Sonny D, another home run for him. And uh, he, he had the other, like one of the other two hits. But yeah, it was a pitcher's duel and uh, bullpen looked great for both teams. And Oregon State had so many chances, so many chances to win that game, I feel like. And then uh, they didn't. And, and Auburn advances and proves I that mean, the SEC West is the best, best division in any conference in the country. Yeah. I mean, Every just when you say the SEC, the ACC at the best conference this year, just when you say the SEC is down, yada yada yada, here they are. Here they Same are. Same story, different year. The SEC goes to Omaha. It is what it is. And I'm an, I'm more of an ACC person, the SEC person, just because Miami's in the ACC. That's just that's literally the only reason. But the SEC is the best conference in all the sport, college sport. Yeah, and. Yeah. There's not even a power five in baseball. It's a power four. It's honestly a power four. Big ten, yeah. big I mean a big twelve, ACC, SEC, and Pac twelve. That's what that's for what sure. Po- that it's a power four. Um, and that's why we have I mean, everybody in the College World Series is from those power four, right? Yep. Yep. Two, two big four. twelve, four SEC, one Pac twelve, and one ACC. Yep. Coming down and, to I mean, the best, hey, the best. yeah. The reason why I was gonna say Oregon's the better team didn't win that super. Oregon State, let's just say you split 1-1, okay? Game three determines who's the better team. Oregon State had like 13 hits. They, I mean, Auburn just did a better job of bullpen work. I mean, Tim, Tim, credit to Tim Hudson or, um, oh, my Bush God. Thompson. Bush Thompson. Credit to them. They they used their bullpen almost perfectly. It was yeah. Oregon State had runners on, went to the bullpen, strikeout, strikeout. Oregon State had runner on, bullpen, strikeout, strikeout. Like it was just like it was perfect. It was it, it went exactly the way they wanted it to. Yeah. Um, but Oregon State, they they were the better team, man. In my opinion, I thought they were the better team. Auburn won, but it is what it is. Yeah, um, I mean, I thought honestly they were pretty evenly matched teams. Other I, than I, I, yeah, when, but when Cooper, I just thought Oregon when State had Jupiter the edge. Was, when Cooper Jerpy was pitching. You could just see Oregon State just plays better when but, he's on the mound. But but um, even but even then it was you know a pretty close game. Ben Ferrer slammed the door, um, but but Burkhalter is their version of Ben Ferrer. Um, well, how, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Ferrer, 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 something like that. Yeah. Um, Burkhalter was nails too. But I just thought Oregon State the past couple of weeks 
just had a tough time scoring with runners in position if they didn't get the home run ball. They, That's they had a no good problem. point. Now, now, don't forget, like Auburn had some some crazy good diving catches and some some big plays oh, they, in the infield too. They they did they did. Um, I don't even know. Did Auburn make an error all weekend? I don't think so. Their outfield was phenomenal this week. Uh, they made two on Saturday. They lost. I don't remember. I mean today today. I mean, Sonny Deshera two run homer. Okay, and then it was what the sixth, seventh, eighth, seventh inning, something like that. Sonny Deshera single through the. On the yep. on the shift, Bobby Pierce double, and then it went ground out or whatever push bunt, safety squeeze, and there you go. Those were your four runs. Yep. And it, that was all they had. They had like three or they had three hits on the day, maybe. Four um, hit, four, three or no, four hits. They had three hits on the day, and two of them were Sunny three D. hits today. And Sunny D with two of them, and I mean Oregon State. I mean they were just, they had hits every inning. So yeah. But that's baseball. Hey, you you lose, you lose. At the end of the day, you lose. So it's crazy that Maybe you not. look. They, they lost. It's crazy you look at um, Auburn, who I didn't think deserved to host a regional. Um, maybe after I, I looked into the numbers a little bit more, I, I thought it was okay, uh, but I didn't think that they deserved. I thought maybe Notre Dame deserved it more than them. Um, you know, Texas State, somebody like that. But uh, and then you have Ole Miss, who I thought didn't deserve to be in the tournament. And they ended up making it, and now they're they're both in Omaha, about to play each other in uh, on Saturday's night game. So you get Auburn and Ole Miss, um, two fan bases that kind of get left out sometimes in this discussion uh, of SEC baseball. You know, you, you look at LSU, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Arkansas before you look at an Auburn or an or I mean or an Ole Miss, um, even like Florida. You look ahead of them. But, you know, they're both there, Final Eight, Elite Eight, College World Series. And, uh, you know, one, I mean, between the two of them, they have a 25% chance of winning the whole thing. So uh, it's crazy, man. College baseball, you just can't write the script. Yeah, I mean, hey, here, here's your here's your most current up-to-date national championship odds. Notre Dame and Stanford co-favorites at plus 450. Texas 475, Arkansas 600. Ole Miss 650, Oklahoma 700, Auburn 750, A and M 800. For, first Those two at the reaction, bottom. Those two at the bottom really surprised my me. My first instant reaction, I think, what I would switch. I A and M is way undervalued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for a team that won the, Miss, the SEC I would, West, I would I would switch Ole Miss and A and M. I think Ole Miss should be the least favorite team to win it. Yeah, but they're playing the best baseball, five and zero. But, but, but they're not playing the best baseball of all the eighteen. Who would you say is playing better baseball uh, in the in the tournament alone? Notre Dame playing better baseball. Maybe maybe Ole Miss playing a little bit better, playing better than Stanford. Stanford's not playing their best baseball. They just out they just out punished. UConn Stanford's going to be a Stanford's going to be a pain in the ass to to eliminate though. They've lost they're, twice in this tournament, and they've bounced back with just like dozens. They just of runs. absolutely can hit their <laughs> they can hit their way when it's time to hit. Yeah. Um, Texas, I think they're strong, but you know what the thing is when I think of some of these teams, Notre Dame has the pitching, Arkansas, I think had the pitching. A team like Texas or a team like. Some of these teams, I just don't know if they have enough outside of their 
two out of their first two starters and their first two bullpen guys. You know, I think Auburn picked really well this weekend, so maybe they can do it. I mean, who would you if you just looking based on pure from a purely gambling standpoint? I think I would take Arkansas six hundred. Yeah, I'm looking at the bracket. A and M eight hundred. I'm looking at the bracket right now. Um, I would say I like Auburn eight hundred. I like. I mean, yeah, because I mean, you. Who? Let me ask you this first: Is the national championship champion coming from the left or right side of the bracket? The national champion coming from the left. I would say the left side. With with Notre Dame, Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas A and M, I think that's stronger than Ole Miss, Auburn, Stanford, and um, Arkansas. Arkansas. I mean, my pick, me and our both of our picks literally play game one. So yeah. on the right side of the bracket. So, but and the winner of that is going to have just as good of a chance as anybody because you play the winner of Auburn and Ole Miss. I know they're both playing great baseball, but hey, hey, do you, like, like, think about this. Let's just say Ole Miss wins game one, okay? Against yeah. Auburn, the Stanford or Arkansas will face Hunter Elliott. As good as he's been. In his past two start, I think those lineups are way better than Southern Misses and oh yeah, and Miami, yeah, way better lineups. No, that's without question. I think anybody would agree with that. So, I just I don't know. I I think we'll see. We'll see. It should be a fun. There's a lot of good storyline. I mean, Texas will either play Oklahoma or Texas A and M. Wow, in their second game. <laughs> wow, I mean, right. That's pretty, that's and pretty it's either going to be it's either going to be to advance to the um, final the bracket finals or an elimination game. Yeah, wow, those are good storyline. Auburn, Ole Miss, good storyline. I'll say Notre are, Dame. Notre Dame and Texas fans hate each other. That they that's don't. I don't think they like each other. They're they're two polar opposite, but they're yeah. both they both are very similar in one aspect. Do you know what that one aspect is? Um, they're so stuck up in like, like <laughs> elite. They they feel like they're just better than everybody else. They definitely have a lot of pride in their schools, but I think that's what like Notre Dame fans or I feel like Notre Dame a bunch of rich. We're super classier. We're better, like better. But Texas are very similar. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Stanford's right there as well. <laughs> Don't forget about that. I think, yeah, but Stanford's like a different, like, just, I think Stanford's more of like a fuck you rich. Maybe. Like, like they're just, like, just Cali rich. I don't know. I, I just, but they're all bleach blonde hair with cool name. I guess Stanford giving me, like, you like Stanford a lot. I, I do that lineup absolutely smash it. So we're going to do our, our, our Omaha, pre Omaha show later this week. Um, where we're going to break down, like maybe do like our own little Omaha brackets. We're going to talk yep. about matchups, uh, what we think. But um, as far as like super regionals go, this is this is the last weekend for me where I'm I'm in heaven. I mean, I love the College World Series. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's, I, super it's, and... But there's just something special about regional play and super regional play at home ballparks, and and you get to see more games going on. And and guys that are just trying to get to Omaha, right? Like that's the goal from the beginning of the season. 
you know, of course they want to win a national championship once they get into Omaha, but it just gets too commercialized. It gets too. Um, Dude, I hate that ballpark. I don't like it. It's too big. If it had no feel and yeah. tradition, no touch to it. I yeah. don't know, man. Obviously, I, I, the College World Series, I think, is a great product, and I think that they do a great job hosting it in Omaha. But there's just but something special. It doesn't represent special. the sport enough. Yeah, it, it's it's just it, it's different. There's different things going on, right? Like, you're not at these these fields that you're not are not at campus. golf stadium. You're not at Pete Taylor Park. You're not sitting side by side on a bleacher or down the, the, the grass berm on right field. Like, they're just. You're, it's a big league ballpark. Yeah, it's it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna watch every pitch of the College World Series, but the Super Regionals is like the purest form where you have the best teams that are playing best two out of three, and there's strategy involved in all this. I, I love it, and I love regional play. Um, it's it just like this is the last weekend for me where like it feels good to like care about something, um, and it, it, obviously in life you should care about things that that make you the happiest. And in my eyes, like regional play and super regional play make me the happiest. And then college world series it's is like conference tournament. Yeah. Conference tournaments too, where there's just so much action going on that my head wants to explode and I'm overdosing on caffeine. And it, and it means so much to the guy. Like, yeah. like you get to Omaha and you lose a game. You're not like heartbroken. I mean, you're sad. You lost, but you're, you're in Omaha. You're like, this is sweet. Like when you, like, it's not the same heartbreak unless you're in the national championship. Well, but, now, let me say, once you get to the national championship, best two out of three series, I'm locked in. Like, this is that because that's where the heartbreak and triumph mm-hmm. is. Back. One game a day, and it's uh, on ESPN prime but, time. But, but if you're watching a game in Omaha on TV, it's not the same representation of college baseball as if you're watching it at Goss Stadium or, right. or Swayze Fields or wherever Alex Bach, it's not the same. And Rosenblatt did a good job of that. Like when you watch the softball world series, it's still tightly packed, mm-hmm. still has a college feel to it. It's not professional. It's not pro. Yeah. And, stadium Ameritrade is too pro. Yeah. And I, I see the idea why they made that stadium is because like it was bringing a lot of revenue and they wanted more people to come in and they wanted big money, right? Like they wanted people to rent out suites and, and uh, just have that's the whole cor- experience. That's, co- that's corporate greed getting in the way of a yeah. true traditional product. Yeah, no, you're right. It's corporate. Like everything's corporate now. Um, I don't blame them. They're making a lot of. They're making so much money uh, for not only for the city of Omaha but for college baseball in general. Let me, let's see. I'm going to look up how much the price is of ticket. Dude, it's silly. I mean, it's so expensive to go to the College World Series. It, it, hey, Ben, if we were to get in the car and drive to Omaha, if I said, let's go, would you go? Yeah. You want to? But would we have to buy tickets, or would we have enough plugs <laughs> or connection to get tickets? Uh, Go back to last year when we, we caused a hoopla. <laughs> Wait, what? Remember last year we got denied media credentials? Did and, you even uh, apply this year? No, I'm not. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm going. I got to. I don't think. I, I don't think I'm going either because I wasn't planning on. I was planning on being gone. I it's uh, planning. dude. Between like flights, hotels, food, uh, even I wouldn't even fly. I would drive and sleep I, in the back of my car. Yeah, it's true. I mean, dude, I probably spent four hundred dollars on Ubers last year alone. Like uh, it was, it was crazy. And hotels. But, you would, really, but if we drove there, we would have the car. The only thing is, my car, pretty. I have a 
you know, smaller car. So it's not a sleeping truck van. Um, but let's see. Holy shit, dude. What is grandstand? Section 323, way up the third baseline, Ben. Six eleven hundred dollars. That's the cheapest ticket available on StubHub. Eleven hundred dollars for the week. What is this? What is what is let me see what this ticket is for. That's for Friday. Wait, what? All, that's for all session Friday. One day? It's eleven hundred bucks? No, 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 no. Sorry. Oh, I was from the seventeenth to the twenty seventh. Yeah, that's that's all week. Let yeah. me see. Let me see. That includes the national championship. Yeah, it does. Nope. It does. Okay, so yep, oh, eleven hundred. Let's see. Can you see, see how many games? Twelve. Wait, two, four, five, six, seven. It's it's fifteen, fourteen guaranteed game. You hear me? Yeah, fourteen guaranteed game. Let's just see game one. How much game one? Is? Two p.m. on Friday. Who's playing that game one? Um, game one is Oklahoma, Texas A&M. Oh, $61 for the nosebleed. That's, I mean, I mean that's, that's still, I still, I mean, that's not even as expensive as some of the SEC weekend. Um, yeah. Six, uh, dude, I, 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 you couldn't convince me to pay $60 to go to a game. I already went once. Yeah. But um, um, let's see. Now I want to see the nighttime games are way more expensive. Who's playing the nighttime game? A and M. Oh yeah, Texas or Notre Dame in Texas. The cheapest ticket is one hundred twenty-two dollars. The cheapest one is a one twenty-two for Texas Notre Dame. Jesus, man. Oh well. I mean, there's there's people out there that are going to pay it. They're going to want to see their team play yep. the biggest stage. Um, ultimately, I think we should end the episode here just because we're going to preview everything moving forward on. Thursday, and yep. uh, we'll have you guys ready. We'll have you guys ready for the uh, biggest weekend in college baseball. You can hear my son crying in the background right now. I got to feed him a bottle. Um, but yep, I it, think that wraps it up. Yeah, but we'll, we'll be back. You guys uh, really appreciate everybody's support this past, like, really the season, but especially the last few weeks. Um, we're going to finish the season strong, and uh, we'll get you guys all connected with the biggest storylines and uh, what's going on in the country. Yep. See you guys later.